corporate guilt, Julia Roberts. Screw you, history. We have found the cure for Ryan Murphy. Marry me. Welcome to Up Yours Downstairs, the podcast whom a grateful isle has blessed. I'm Kelly Anakin. And I'm Tom Schneider. We are properly married. There is that other little hurdle. (laughs) (laughs) Shh. We're working on it. It's very complicated. Yes. Uh, Yes. My advice to everyone is go live in a cave. (laughs) And eschew human interaction forever. <laughs> I've really come around your way of thinking. Which I know. Is I've been pitching this for years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then, you know, if we were still married, you'd be there also. <laughs> <laughs> well, I understand. Here we are. Yes. Uh, and it is just the two of us today. Uh, we can make it if we try, <laughs> just the two of us. Yes. You and I. That was... The Austin Powers version, in case you couldn't tell. <laughs> Vern Troyer, we'd love to have you on the podcast. <laughs> I really would. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, uh, you know, we, of course, promised you for weeks that uh, we would have Red Scott back with us. In fact, okay, Red Scott promised us for weeks yes. that Red Scott would be here, mm-hmm. and then he decided to go out of town because it's his wedding anniversary. <laughs> Right? Yeah. Uh, I think we all know Maslow's hierarchy, podcasting, <laughs> greater than sign, emotional attachment. That's right. Uh, so, you know, feel free to castigate him. Yeah. Uh, you know, but don't go crazy. Yeah, no, yeah, be nice enough. <laughs> yeah. You know, we'll be mean enough to him. Well, then we were going to have Allison Mick on, mm-hmm. uh, but she couldn't come because her back hurt. Yeah. And the moral of the story is never trust a ginger. <laughs> I mean, we've been saying it for years. Right. But, yeah. y- you know, it's, you guys want respect, maybe uh, stop living up to the stereotype. That's right. Surprised we don't get more mail from gingers. <laughs> that's really true. They're probably just like, we're just happy to be thought of. <laughs> yeah. And I was, you know, also looking forward to telling Red Scott that I did not think that uh, per- Porchy looks like me. But... Yeah. Okay. So we didn't even, because somebody emailed us, mm-hmm. which, hey, we'll be doing our crown uh, mailbag fun Stuff. <laughs> I have not come up with a witty, a witty title for that, as that verbal diarrhea may have. I'm not indicated. sure that we're going to go with mailbag fun dust up, but mm, I, now that I hear you, I don't think we could go any other way. <laughs> That's it. Sounds like a Japanese game show. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, so when Red wa- Red had watched this show like three times before <laughs> I had watched even one episode, mm-hmm. which like, if you're new to the podcast, Red and I almost never agree on fucking anything. This is true. Like we, we're like two uh, positively charged <laughs> ions in that we both, you know, we're both very passionate about the things that we like, mm-hmm. but the things that we like rarely are the same thing like yeah. the book series the magicians is one thing that we both like mm-hmm. um that may be it. <laughs> that may be the only thing <laughs> i mean like we you know we like game of thrones but for very right. different reasons yeah yeah um anyway look if you want to hear about my story <laughs> relationship with red scott there's plenty of podcasts out there for you there are um so he told me or like he was like he was like oh you know I can't wait for Tom to watch it so he can meet his doppelganger right which I just recently learned a doppelganger is a literal actual copy of you ah. uh, from the German uh, something also walking 
Um, <laughs> I just listened to a great episode of Lore about it. Okay. About people who could bilocate. Ah. Which of all the superpowers of Catholic saints is my favorite. Okay. Far and away. <laughs> You'd be so productive. <laughs> um, anyways, he was like, oh, Tom. That's you know, like twice as many virgins. So. <laughs> um, I could be martyred twice. <laughs> So he's like, oh, so Tom can see this guy who looks just like him. And like, I, you know, I had completely forgotten about this because right, right. Uh, we've had a lot going on. Well, he added me about it too on, tw- on Twitter. Like, yeah. And I was like, and Tom was like, I'm not friends with you. <laughs> That's not true. You're yeah. friends. I, yeah, we are. Um, anyway, so, you know, my experience, I was like, oh, I was like, I see that. But like, yeah. he always thinks you look like people <laughs> like to a degree where I'm like, why are you trying so hard, Red? Cause like he saw a photo of us from our wedding. He said, you look like Bill Hicks. And I'm like, you no. Yeah. He's not smoking at all in that picture. <laughs> That's right. But anyway, I was like, okay, like I, you know, I get it. Right. Um, there, there was a bit of resemblance mostly about the eyes, I think. Yeah. Eyes. And you know, high he forehead. kind of a roundish face. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I could see this guy playing you in the <laughs> yeah. shenanigans biopic. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see him playing me playing Oscar Wilde. I also could see that. That's because I literally was thinking that. Um, anyway, so I was like, oh, okay. I see why Red thought this guy looked like Tom. And I swear to God, you and I talked about this. Yeah. So maybe you were in whale cast mode and you just don't remember. But, um, you know, and I was like, it is I- always fun to listen to those and find out what I said. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, I, you know, I kind of saw it mm-hmm. and, you know, I think there was, there was parts of his manner. Yeah. But it reminded me much more of you when you're in a play. Yeah. You know? Like yeah. he reminded me very much of you. Like when you were in the line in winter mm-hmm. and you were playing Jeffrey yeah. or, you know, uh, when we met during Taming the Shrew, mm-hmm. you were playing Tranio. Yeah. I always, everybody in that play has the same name. I swear to God. Um, yeah, there's a Gremio and a Grumio. Why like, they, what the fuck, why Shakespeare? Why are they all Petruchio, you know? <laughs> um, anyway, so, you know, I was like, okay, this makes sense. But, like, it didn't seem, you know, worthy of the all cast that I felt Red was putting it in. And then, uh, you know, at some point, you forgot that we had discussed this. Yeah. And you were like, hey, I just realized that Red thinks I look like Porchy, and I disagree. So I would say I don't disagree as much as you do. Right, right. But I don't agree. I'm the happy medium here. Okay. Where I'm like, okay, we can all see that this kind of makes sense. Yeah. Um, but definitely, uh, I think it was Cousin Ala mm-hmm. wrote in. It was like, uh, Tom looks just like Porchy. Um so anyway, yeah. um, you know, maybe we'll do a poll about it on Patreon and be like, does Tom look like Porchy? <laughs> that could be, that could be fun. Yeah, sure. Speaking of the Patreon. Yeah. I am like blown away people. Yes. Like I am severely blown away. We're up to like $575 a month, which yeah. is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely keep get, we put up a new reward that's right so once we get through the uh pride and prejudice reward mm-hmm. uh we're going to do five maggie smith that's right uh we're it's gonna so do clever five maggie smith five maggie smith movies yes um we don't know which ones yet probably no. hook though <laughs> yeah if you listen to one of our extras from last i forget which thing we were talking on but i was right. like why don't we do hook yeah because, like, that will really lend itself to podcasting. <laughs> it has so many 90s things. Yeah. Like, corporate guilt, Julia Roberts. Skateboarding. <laughs> Rufio. <laughs> yes. The 90s, 90s-est name ever. <laughs> yeah. Rufio is the 90s. Rufio 
is like the the you know extreme blue executives <laughs> going into you know because yeah. Steven Spielberg's like I feel like this story about middle aged angst isn't really going to resonate with our target audience of irresponsible children. <laughs> They're like name it Rufio. Kids love skunks. <laughs> anyway. Um, so we'll probably do that. I'd love to do the Prime of Miss Jean Brody because mm-hmm, yeah. everybody always talks about it, right. and I've never seen it. Right? Yeah. Um, S- Sister Act. Everybody um, loves Sister Act. Yeah. There's also some really great Shakespeare's that she yeah. did. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also, and I'm thinking more of like the BBC, right? Right. But she also was in um, the Richard the Third that they did with Ian McKellen. Oh, she's a very small role. I think she's Queen Margaret. Mm-hmm. But, like, I love that so much. Mm-hmm. Especially, like, I had such a boner for, like, Shakespeare in a different time. Ooh. Oh, yeah. We've all been We're there. We're so drunk. God damn. <laughs> I, uh, I'm embarrassed for my former self in so many ways. But anyway, I loved that. Yeah. Um, so there's, you know, there's so many options. And mm-hmm. I was also amazed at how many we've already done. Yeah. When I was going through, I was like, wow, we've been doing this podcast for a really long time. <laughs> we sure have. <laughs> Um, yeah, so when we get to $750, uh, we will, we'll do that. That's right. And we've also adjusted, um, the, the reward tiers. First of all, they have very cute names now. (laughs) Yes. Uh, second of all, if you even donate just a dollar, you will now have access to the goal programming. Right. Um, we had not done any goal programming up to this point, (laughs) so so it was not, you know, Super important. So even if you're not getting access to all of the amazing extras that we're doing, like Whalecast mm-hmm. and Pitch Me and our random Top Chef recaps, yeah. Um, if you donate even a dollar, anytime that we hit a goal, you'll have access to that programming. Right. Yeah. Uh, as is your right, because <laughs> you were part of us hitting that goal. Indeed. Um, yeah. So thank you so much for supporting us. We're working on some some swag. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know we keep saying that, but we really are moving that forward. Yeah. We're just figuring out what makes the most sense uh, for us logistically and financially and we're working with some really cool artists on it so making sure that just everybody yeah can can be happy yeah. with the arrangement that we make yeah it's a lot harder than just the two of us bullshitting into a mic so oh, yeah this- <laughs> <laughs> there was a typo on our patreon the other day oh yeah that said we were making like fifty thousand. Oh right yeah <laughs> and were- tom was like we can quit our job <laughs> i wish I mean, I like my job, yeah. but like I was thinking about, cause you know, I love lore, which I was just talking about, right. you know, and I just, you know, these podcasts with like the music uh-huh. and the actual research. Yeah. Um, like some, like an actual sound guy. Yeah. Involved. Like I, you know, maybe we could do it. Yeah. But I mean, you know, and if people are wondering, you know, what does, what does your, uh, donation go to, mm-hmm. um, you know. This does take up quite a bit of our time. Indeed. But also, you know... And uh, one of our mics broke last week. Yeah, one of our... I I was just going to say, we've been using the same podcasting equipment for five years. It might be time to upgrade. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Red Scott, who we're mad at... uh, We're not actually mad at Red. No. Uh, You know, he's got a whole... Oh, He's got a whole thing going on. Yeah. And uh, we are at least as good as him. That's right. (laughs) To be clear... To be clear, mm-hmm. um, no, but you know, and we really want to get our remote recording situation uh, non-shitty. Yeah, uh, that's been a real struggle. It has been. Uh, I don't know why. I know. It seems like it was easier before. I know. Anyway, listen, cousins, <laughs> you don't care about that's this. right. But anyway, so um, you know, putting it into the podcast that's in right. various ways. Mm-hmm. So please uh, give early, give often, <laughs> keep an eye out for those new reward tiers. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them may be limited. 
mm-hmm. definitely keep an eye. If you aren't donating on Patreon, but you might be swayed by swag, <laughs> go ahead and you can just follow us on there right. without any kind of financial commitment. And yeah. we do occasionally put up... Whalecast is free right now. That's right. Um, Whalecast is so great. Thank you. I have not even caught up, but I just love it. So, like, I just love the idea of it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It feels pure and good somehow. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's fun. Okay, great. All right, that's all the housekeeping. If you want to send us a telegram mm-hmm. for our mailbag fun dust up or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, I think was, that was it. <laughs> uh, you can send that to upyoursdownstairs at gmail.com. That's right. uh, we're on Twitter at five, the number five, Maggie Smiths. Uh, our, my, my Twitter shaming only netted us one. <laughs> so I think everybody who's followed us is following us. <laughs> and then we're on Facebook, upyours, comma, downstairs, exclamation point. Yeah. And wherever fine podcasts <laughs> are served. Yeah. <laughs> millions and millions served. That's right. Okay. Anyway, now episode 10. Gloriana. That's right. Or as you typoed it, Glorina, which I really... I, I kind of prefer. I know. I, I like how She it, sounds more fun. I know. I like how it changes uh, from Queen of England to this kind of white trash name. Yeah, like a, <laughs> like a girl, you know, she, she uh, you know, works at the, the checkout at the truck stop. <laughs> Glorina. Glorina. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. December 10th, a day that will live... In infamy. Sure. I mean, technically. Yeah. Depends who you are. Yeah. 1936. Uh, we see Dio Dubs and Wallace Simpson dancing around in a library. And I, I can't decide if we've gotten good at pretending people are younger than they are or if it is awful and I hate it. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah. I really don't know because it's like, I, f- I feel like the actors do a good job of, of imbuing the characters mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with a different uh, sensibility. Yeah. You know, this is years before, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, life. <laughs> I don't know. And uh, anyway, Dio Dubs and Wallace Simpson are dancing around in a library being, you know, libertines. <laughs> this show has really doubled down on them being libertines. And it almost is... I, I don't know. I can't, I, mean, I can't decide with them in this show. Yeah. When I really think this episode as a whole really, I felt like just muddled the message on everything. I agree because I, I mean, you know, I mean, I don't think the Dio Dubs is a, is a reliable narrator. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, you know, he, he does and says whatever he feels in the moment, mm-hmm. which, uh, everyone is very concerned about toppling the monarchy. <laughs> um, you know, and we'll get to that. Yeah, but I yeah. think, I think, I am no lover of Wallace Simpson, but I feel like having seen all 10 episodes, I just feel like she is this cartoonish Jezebel. And, and well, I, just the fact that we, we learn nothing about her. She has like no lines. She's just this cipher almost. Yeah. On she, show. Well, even in, in this scene, you know, she's flouncing away with her scarf and, I just don't think it's a good look on this show. Yeah. yeah. You know, if you want to humanize the Duke of Windsor, I think you then have to humanize her because an otherwise humanizing him makes, I, I have seen no compelling reason other than she apparently has a solid gold pussy <laughs> why he, you know, yeah. nearly destroyed the monarchy for her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he has regrets about it that he expresses, but I just, I don't, and, you know, he keeps saying that she's worth it. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't even see it in their interaction with each other because yeah. she clearly doesn't see the value that he sees mm-hmm. in the monarchy in this life that he's left behind. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's very it's frustrating yeah i wish they had done a better job Mm -hmm. because you know i believe that she is as close to a real life super villainous (laughs) as you can get this side of ava braun but you know i i feel like i have more compassion for her than the show has Mm -hmm. yeah you know i just i just don't understand why why they fell in love right yeah you know we see them fully formed as these diabolical sex beasts (laughs) and while i believe that diabolical sex beasts are a thing (laughs) they dwell among us (laughs) they live (laughs) anyway I don't yeah. want to go, you know, yeah. this is really the only scene where this makes sense to talk about, but right, it's, just, right. it's, I'm really disappointed by it. Yeah. I mean, I'm disappointed by many things on this show. <laughs> sure. I think it should have been six episodes long. Yeah. You know, I don't like, I don't like what HBO has done to British television. <laughs> so a servant comes in and announces the Duke and Duchess of York. And I was like, who? <laughs> uh, but it's King Lane Price, you know, before he was a, a monarch. Right. And, uh, Cookie, mm-hmm. uh, the Queen Mum. Duke Lane Price. And, Dio Dub says, uh, he'll only see his brother, not her. And mm. I'm like, well, this is a healthy dynamic. <laughs> so King Lane Price comes in as Wallace is slithering off <laughs> to wherever it is that she holds up when she's off screen. Yeah. She's like Melisander and she's just going to go. She's ridiculous. <laughs> um, King Lane Price asks if Wallace is really worth it. And Dio Dubs is like, uh, yeah, it's not supported by the text. Why are we still talking about this? And, you know, he, he has made his decision that he wants to not be king. And, you know, he's, he's very bloodless in his assessment that, you know, you have a wife by your side and heirs to spare. And And I'm like, uh, I don't know. Like, should you be proud or happy about that? Right. Like, maybe your junk doesn't work. (laughs) Yeah. First of all, he has an heir to spare. Yeah. Let's not, well, you know, the corgis. (laughs) They're what? Like fourth in line for the crown? (laughs) That's right. Ever since the Corgi Ennobleman Act of 1763. Which do you think has been inbred more? Corgis or the <laughs> British royal family? <laughs> uh, racehorses. Good point. Uh, anyway, uh, Kayleen Price is like, okay, um, this is going to crush my children. And Dio Dubs is like, meh. NBD. Not my problem. Uh, and King Lane Price is like, okay, well, if you're going to do this to me and my family, I want you gone for good. And again, he's playing up the stutter, like, so beautifully. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, it's clearly like, he, he plays it as a disability. Yeah. It's yeah. not a quirk, mm-hmm. uh, as in so many productions of One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest with <laughs> Billy Bibbit, the cruelly named Billy Bibbit. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, but you know, he's, he's trying, to be this dignified, almost monarch with this shit heel of a brother who's <laughs> yeah. putting him in a bad position. And so Dio Dub says, pay me to, brother. And it is creepy. Yes, it is. I did not enjoy that. No, it was. I was like, that. that's gross, man. Yeah, it was. Like, we all want other people to give us money. Yeah. Well, and because he says when. Kingley Price tells him he's got to leave. He says, brother really has turned against brother. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, you specifically turned against, like, you yeah, were like the, you're, you were the guy. Yeah. You were the one who, you know, people can never see. Yeah. As I said, he's not a reliable narrator of his own life. Mm-hmm. And somehow this is everybody's fault, but his. <laughs> 
So we see baby Liz and baby Margaret playing a clapping a game. A sailor went to see, 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 <laughs> to see what he could see. And they do a weird variation. Mm-hmm. They're like, a sailor went to me, 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 to see what he could me. I was like, we don't do that in the States. Yeah. Our clapping games make at least a modicum of fucking sense. Yeah. And they make it sound like you're about to curse and then you don't. Right? <laughs> Hello, operator. Please give me number nine. And if you disconnect me, I'll kick your little behind the refrigerator. There was a piece of glass. Miss Lucy sat upon it and scraped her little ask. Dot, dot, dot. Yeah. You get the idea, people. <laughs> I hope you were all singing along. It's amazing how much space in my brain that shit takes up. That and like chants from cheerleading camp and like the lyrics to the nightmare before Christmas. I'm like, why is this happening to yeah. me? There's so much stuff I could use. <laughs> uh, so they are called in to see King Lane Price uh, by Tom and the Mustache. They're in their bathrobes. Yeah. And like Margaret's not wearing hers. And like the nanny is like rushing behind <laughs> her. Like, you have to wear this. Yeah. And also shout out to the child actors because you can see them walking down the hall. Like, well, Liz, at least in particular, really trying to have correct posture and walk yeah. appropriately. Um, so King Lane Price. <sighs> You think we had bad child? Like we didn't even like. I'm not saying we had bad child. You know, but right, like, right. you think it was hard for like us to be children? Yeah, because you know we both were always very like 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 that. Yeah, like, yeah. Jesus, mm-hmm. we were never going to be on anybody's money. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't given up. Look, you do you, boo. <laughs> Schneider Stan shall. Anyway, what? I just said <laughs> Schneider Stan. We can talk about that offline. That sounds, that sounds interesting. Popular podcast indicted for high treason. <laughs> oh, come on. They're not indicting anybody for high treason right now. Yeah, but- <laughs> you can commit high treason in this country and nobody gives a fuck. That's a good point. So if you were thinking about it, cousins, go for it. Especially if you're not famous. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's looking at us. <laughs> Uh, so King Lane Price tells them that their uncle has let them down because he put love before family, and he makes them promise never to put anyone or anything before one another. Yeah, because promises made as children are generally kept for life. Yeah. Th- these always work out well. Yeah, promises that are involuntarily forced from children. <laughs> uh, yeah, so they make the promise, and they agree, they agree to make the promise, and uh, credits. I feel like I finally maybe feel the weight of the crown and the credits. Maybe it's just peer pressure from Levi because I love him so much. But like, I'm like, yeah, man, I think it is a horror movie. Yeah. I think once you get to the end of this episode. Yeah. But it's like a horror movie that was made by someone who's never seen a horror movie. (laughs) Yeah. It's like he thinks he's coming up with all of this like on his own. Yeah. Um, a guy is raising the royal standard somewhere. I think it might be Balmoral. Okay. Um, I'm still not. 100% 100% clear, but I now can recognize Buckingham Palace and Clarence House, like, on site. Right. So we're making progress yeah. for season two. <laughs> um, it's Margaret's birthday. It's her 25th birthday, ah. and she announces... She's going to rent a car. <laughs> after that, she is still committed to Peter, and she has kept her side of the bargain, and she hopes Liz will keep hers, and Liz is like, yes, I can't see any narrative reason why I shouldn't. And Margaret is delighted, and you just know she's so happy. Yeah. You're like, oh, man, somebody's going to take the wind out of your sails in short order. Yeah. Uh, that's somebody, Michael Ledeen. I do not like him. No, I don't like him either. I miss Martin. Yes, me too. Bring back Martin. Here, here. Fuck this guy. Screw you, history. <laughs> right, couldn't they have rewritten it? <laughs> Duh. 
Well, they've rewritten plenty of other shit. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, so he's going through his list of, uh, you know, whatever bullshit he tells the queen every day. And <laughs> I wish that box said the queen's bullshit or the queen's bollocks. <laughs> uh, and Liz tells him to get group captain Peter Townsend back to e- England. And that's where Michael Ledeen is like, um, so we told you about the first half of that law and we didn't tell you about the second half, which is that screw you. You can't, you know. And this, like, this angers me for two reasons. Yeah. The first is, fuck you guys and your trickery. But the second thing is, Liz, why are you so stupid? Yeah. Why are you the stupid? Like, why did I thought you why knew didn't more you say, about the British Constitution than anyone. Why didn't you say, I'd like to see this, you know, have yeah. them bring you the law. Yeah. It, as he says, it was always there in black and white. Like, mm-hmm. Read it. Yeah. Like, what do you do all day? <laughs> um, but it's also such bullshit. Like, why? Because honestly, like, I don't even see the, you know, why didn't they just tell her this from the beginning? And just, like, I don't see the downside. They're, they seem perfectly c- capable of bullying her into, like, following this law regardless. Yeah. So, like, it's not like she's a difficult foe. She folds on literally everything. Yeah, yeah. The only thing she doesn't fold on is her shit heel husband. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know... uh... Yeah. Yeah, so basically, both houses of parliament still need to approve and then wait 12 months. And uh, that's the only way that uh, Margaret could marry. Well, and this is all relayed. We see this this intercut between Michael Adine and Tommy LaMustache. And right. Tommy LaMustache being like, oh, the Queen Mum thought two years, you know, Margaret would go start boning one of these dudes she's all hanging out with. Yeah. Like, you can't. Yeah. Regular ass people can't manipulate other people that way. Yeah. Royalty especially can't. Because, mm-hmm. like, you know, if you all think there's this much at stake, you need to say, no, Margaret, you can't marry group Captain Peter Townsend, bad Margaret. Yeah. Like, well, have and the courage. Like, if you're going to have these shitty convictions, have the courage of your convictions. You, you don't even have to do anything. Right. All you have to do is say, uh-uh, here's this law that presumably some <laughs> monarch enacted. Like, yeah, again, and- I don't know why they don't just pull out the Aladdin clause. All like, oh, I'm the Sultan. Right. Now you can marry this street rat. It's fine. <laughs> Granted, he didn't seem to have a parliamentary structure. Right. That's but- true. And also, he was still a prince. Like, the it, the Sultan didn't even have to change law because he wished to be made a prince and that wasn't undone. I have, like, a lot of questions about <laughs> Aladdin, really. That yeah. whole movie, I have a lot of questions about, which I think we have already discussed on this podcast. Possibly. The movie Aladdin, I think about all the time. <laughs> the lyrics for the first song, constantly running through my head. Oh, yeah. Why? <laughs> 1993 was a hell of a year, people. Yeah, I know. When we had this whole discussion where I was like, wait a minute, Jasmine doesn't get a single solo in that she whole movie. She doesn't have a solo. And they even had Leia Salonga doing the singing. It's absurd. Yeah. It's totally ridiculous. Right. Uh, you know, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> We could go on. <laughs> it's startling. That's what we did on our honeymoon. <laughs> we played a drinking game. That's right. Every time, what was it? Every time they said diamond, diamond in, the in the rough, rough, and every time the genie did an impression of a famous person. Yeah. Needless to say, we only got through about half of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know who 
I was always rooting for? Who? The Cave of Wonders, man. <laughs> like that weird tiger with a pierced ear seemed like it had a sweet deal. A, who disturbs my slumber? Everyone. Yeah. All the, oh, are you just trying to be a, a tiger made of sand <laughs> who's sleeping and protecting untold wealth? Right. He just wants to get a good century's sleep in. Yeah, come on. God. He's going to be a wreck in a thousand years. <laughs> Um, I want to write fanfic about that guy. <laughs> it's a free country. Is it? <laughs> Until it becomes Schneider's stand. <laughs> I'll rule with an iron fist. <laughs> ah. Now, the only rule you know, is... iron's actually quite soft. <laughs> the only actual rule is that my face has to be on the money. That's it. Oh. You're just basically like the Emperor Norton then. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's a good point. Anyway, what the hell are we talking about? Uh, um... That time of the mustache needs to butt the F out. Yeah. And also... retired! Yeah. And did, like, how how are they so confident that nobody in those two years... Like, why didn't Group Captain Peter Townsend go check on the text of that law? They were just banking on everyone being incredibly stupid. Yeah. You know, uh, anyway, that's... Look, there's nothing to be done about it. Yeah. We're, we're angry. We won't not be angry. Yeah. That's not to belabor the point. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Liz is uh, in a real bucket of syrup. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bucket of marmalade. <laughs> Treacle. So we are in a bucolic countryside, mm-hmm. uh, further bolstering the Balmoral theory, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, get a close-up on a literal can of worms. Which, <laughs> yeah. Ah. As soon as that happened, I was like, oh, yeah. Tom's going to be very upset. I was very upset. Uh, well, luckily it only happened. You, you're basically Prince Charles in this scenario. No, I can't. I, this is exactly how the one time I went fishing my, with my dad went. Yeah. The, it oh, was God. exactly this. It had this. to be awful. Yeah. He had a real temper on him. <laughs> uh, anyway, so Philip is forcing Charles to fish. And, you know, you hear Charles. This is like the only time in my life I've ever <laughs> felt any empathy for Prince Charles. Mm-hmm. He's saying, it's difficult, Daddy. <laughs> and Philip's like, no, it's not difficult. Just do it. And I'm like, ah. Yeah. It's awful. It is it's awful. really awful to hear this. Yeah. While it's happening. Yeah. And you keep hearing them sort of fade in and out while Margaret comes up and she's like, oh, I'd like to announce the engagement on Monday. And Liz is like, um. <laughs> she's like, would you mind waiting? Just a minute. There's been a slight wrinkle. And I'm like, don't even. Yeah. Why are you saying anything? Because you know you're just going to be a bitch about it later. Yeah. So they go, you know, Margaret is understandably pissed because she's like, okay, you told me not to get my rocks off for two years. Like, we're in different countries. Yeah. We can't go visit each other. I did all of this so that you would look fine Mm -hmm. to spare you your blushes. People love saying that on this show. Um, And Liz is like, no, no, no. I shouldn't have said a thing. And I'm like, yeah, you shouldn't have. Yeah. You saying that doesn't unsay the thing that you shouldn't have said. Right. Um, so, you know, this is also very frustrating. And also just England looks like a terrible place to have a picnic. It's so windy. It's so windy. And like Liz is trying to act like, oh, this is fun. Mm-hmm. I'm cutting up sandwiches. And it's like nobody's actually enjoying this at all. Yeah. Uh, so we see the Queen Mum approach Liz as Philip continues berating Charles, and she says that he, she says that Philip dominates Charles. We agree. Yeah. And Liz is like, oh, he can be very kind, and, and he's wonderful with Anne. Oh, yeah. So, you know, oh, you know, he only hits me sometimes. Yeah, indeed. Uh, and so that, 
but she says that, uh, or the queen mom says that she has agreed with Tommy LaMustache, who needs to just die already, that <laughs> <laughs> Philip hasn't settled, and Tommy has a plan to settle a him. cunning plan. <laughs> he and the queen mom really are the black hatter and bald of this show. <laughs> Although their plans usually work. Yeah, no, that's true. So you've got to give them some credit. Yeah. Uh, so Charles finally catches a fish, and Philip clubs that fish with a stick. That's not symbolic. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. What is enjoyable about fishing? I don't, I've never I, understood. I don't know. Like, yeah. if you are a professional fisherman, and mm-hmm. you are like, I'm gonna go out with a net, and I'm gonna catch me a bunch of fish, and boots, and whatever the fuck <laughs> else is in the disgusting ocean, <laughs> or pond, or, you know, lake, or whatever this is. Mm-hmm. Gross, man. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, in some dining room, I have no idea where the hell they are. Sure. Uh, Philip says that their kids are the wrong way around. Have you noticed? Uh, their daughter's a boy and their son, God bless him, is a girl. Yeah. Which, if it wasn't Philip, might be some really enlightened <laughs> proto-gender theory. Uh, but it's not. It's not. It's more of his, uh, homophobic, uh, gender essentialist nonsense. Yeah. And, you know, Liz says Charles is just sensitive, mm-hmm. which, you know, I'm like, yeah, that's, that's the primary what... thing he's objecting to. <laughs> right. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, Liz, uh, then admits that she's having problems with Margaret and the Queen Mum's interference and then asks if Philip would hate the idea of going to Australia to open the Olympic Games on his own without her in her name because, well, she says, he's like, oh, that's in November. You can't go. I'm like, what's she doing in November? Like, She's right. got a trapper keeper full of points. <laughs> I mean, she literally does. Well, right. Um, it's gold plated. Well, I'm like, is she pregnant again? Like, you know, when does she have more of these kids? I don't. Yeah, it's not. I was expecting that to be made clear in this episode, and it was not. It was not. Anyway, he wants to know whose idea it was to go, and Liz, like, won't say. Right. And this is. It's a. It's not a bad thing. It's just uncomfortable because yeah. he's just like, oh, everybody hates me and wishes I wouldn't come back. And Liz is finally like, yeah, everybody wants you to come back as not a dick. Yeah. Could you stop being a dick? And yeah. he's like, I don't want to stop being a dick. Yeah. I want to hang out with you and my children and continue being a dick for some reason. Yeah. I mean, I'll admit that Liz did not, like, do a great job of presenting this. But how can you do a great job of presenting anything to this guy? Well, I mean, that's fair. It, nothing probably would have worked. So we see Margaret watching the news about the fact that her engagement announcement, that her engagement announcement has been punted. Um, and A&E is apparently back from Cairo and on his way to Scotland. Again, we think it's Balmoral. What's the other yeah. one in Scotland? Sandringham? Yeah. Is that in Scotland? But I think this is Balmoral because this is like an actual palace, it mm. looks like to me. Mm-hmm. And Sandringham is just an estate? Uh, that all may be true. I have to go back and read the shooting party again. You know <laughs> I'm not about to. No, you're not. Uh, you can just read Wikipedia. I can. I will. <laughs> Hooray. Uh, yeah, so he's going to brief the queen on his conversations with Colonel Nasser. And so, yeah, he's in going somewhere with his wife. Whatever. Philip reads a paper with a headline, Marry him, Margaret! Which, is, like, it's so quaint. It's adorable. <laughs> Marry me. <laughs> <laughs> the old man and the Margaret. <laughs> so he, God. I love maybe so much. I know. So he runs downstairs and he asks where Margaret is going, because uh, she's going somewhere, because the PM's just arrived. She's planning to take to her bed and sulk for a week, and then she fixes Philip's tie, which was weird. I was like, are y'all banging now? Like, 
you had a big heap of trouble for a piece of lint. Like, don't go touching men. Yeah. Um, Adjusting other men's ties is a power move. <laughs> Philip says that Margaret and group captain Peter Townsend's delay on the engagement serves them right because they're far too in love and far too happy. And neither of them is happy with Liz. And I, I don't care about the. You're both mad. Yeah. I don't like Philip. Margaret, I'm fine with you. Sure. But don't talk to him. <laughs> Nobody talk to Philip. Look, he's the Jay-Z, you're the Solange. If you're not beating the shit out of him, I'm not interested. Yeah. I mean, literally, everybody, the, the entire government is like, how can we get Philip as far away as possible? And they're like, well, we haven't invented spaceflight yet, so Australia. Yeah. So we see a and and his wife. They're shown to their room, and he excuses himself to the bathroom to take a pill and look terrible. He's not sick, but he's not well. <laughs> That's actually, no, how true. Mm-hmm. So Liz is reading a newspaper article in her study about A&E and Colonel Nasser, and uh, she asks if the, if the papers are exaggerating, and he says, oh, yes, you know, they are. And <laughs> she's like, okay, well, we're going to go outside, and we're going to walk around for our audience, because you must, you know, be sick of sitting around after your journey. And he's like, oh, I am dying (laughs) (laughs) yeah what i i did this was really just like this little sign of her being you know settled into her role Mm -hmm. and just like being totally comfortable like hey let's go and it's and it it echoes like the queen where there's a very similar scene so when she she's like oh do you have you know uh outdoor shoes he's like uh galoshes he's like oh you need something sturdier than that (laughs) uh which is kind of a a callback although it doesn't make sense but like you know he kind of had that thing about his shoe size. Oh, with, right. Uh, oh, right. Captain Peter Townsend yeah. at the time. This show's so weird. <laughs> um, so outside, Liz apologizes for the throaty truck they're about to drive. <laughs> and she asks him to tell her about Colonel Nasser and what happened in Cairo. Right. And he's like, well, please join me in this flashback. She says, all right. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere else. <laughs> so he made a statement to local reporters in Cairo in Arabic, which he's, she's like, oh, you speak it. And he's like, oh, badly. I studied at Oxford. Which I feel like... Don't humble brag. You're the fucking prime minister. Uh, it's also England. Yeah. The humble brag capital of the world. <laughs> they teach they teach humble bragging at Oxford. <laughs> ah, finally there's a name. God bless that American drug addict. R.I.P. Harris Whittles. <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah, we cut to Nasser who is smoking a cigarette and his associate is he is far and away the most handsome man that this show has had. Uh, yeah. Like, whew. He came. I was like, oh, <laughs> men can be attractive in this universe. <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> well, group captain Peter Townsend. Yeah, but, but like, I mean, he's, oh, you know, in a, in a distinguished older man kind of way. I like, understand. He doesn't, he doesn't make me want to like fan myself with my pants. <laughs> this guy, I'm like, whoo, I didn't think I liked mustaches, <laughs> but now I do. Sploosh. <laughs> Um, yeah, Nasser says that, uh, Annie's Arabic is too good. Uh, so then we, uh, apparently at the official dinner at the embassy, Nasser and his posse rolled up in- Yeah, and I don't know how, like, how are we seeing that exchange? Yeah. Like, who was privy to that? Uh, the all-seeing eye of, uh- Peter Morgan? Yeah. You know, what's his name? Um- Yeah, so they, they show up in uniform, and Liz is like, what? <laughs> but that's not proper dress. <laughs> you know, and um, so Nasser greets A&E there, and he's like, oh, I didn't know it was a fancy dress party. And A&E's, I really liked this exchange and, like, Nasser jerking A&E around because, mm-hmm. 
and A and E is handling it with you know perfect he's aplomb. Literally a diplomat. Yeah, and he says that oh you know if I was as decorated as you were I'd I'd wear my uniform everywhere. It's no big deal. And Nasser then turns that on him and he's like oh you you think that I don't know that you were decorated for bravery in the First World War, Captain? Mm-hmm. And it's like. It's great. Yeah. Like, I want all of season two just to be this guy. <laughs> like, he, he has purpose and direction. Yeah. Uh, he goes after the things that he wants. Well, and, I mean, I was considering, like, talking more about him because he's a really interesting historical uh-huh. guy. Uh, but I have this feeling that they might pick things up next season, like, yeah. right where they left off because, you know, spoiler alert, things are not going to go well between Britain and Egypt. What? Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, I, I just, this is a great scene. Yeah. I wish more of the show had conflict. Yeah. Like real conflict mm-hmm. with stakes <laughs> and, you know, people in uniforms. Right. And, uh, yeah, so then the, the, you know, voice of Egypt radio clearly at the government's prompting was saying that, oh, Nasser was humiliated by the British imperialists and all that. And, you know, this is like, oh, well, I suppose we should stretch out the hand of goodwill. <laughs> and A&E says that, uh, yeah, no shit, they're fucking trying. Yeah, they're trying to build this dam. Yeah. Uh, and then this is like, so, uh, as you attempt to, you know, prevent diplomatic breakdown, uh, I've also got a sister with a romantic crisis that... <laughs> So they're at the top of this mountain, and I think Liz is talking about Margaret and group Captain Peter Townsend. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, she tells a a dumb story (laughs) about how they would ride out together and then put a stone down to mark each time they met, and they get to a giant fucking pile of stones. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Uh, Sometimes they met two times. (laughs) Ew. So she tells Anthony Eden about how Tommy the mustache tricked her. <laughs> yeah. And like Anthony, uh, I'm sorry, Anthony Eden is kind of like, uh, like this sounds like a you problem. <laughs> so, uh, you know, she's like, uh, you know, if parliament approves, they could still get married. And he's like, uh, they're not going to be fine with this mm-hmm. because they're all about like religion. And then, you know, also like the church. And Liz is like, okay, well, uh, help me make up for the fact that i am a complete dummy <laughs> and he says he'll go to cabinet and be like hey guys you know divorce uh marriage after divorce royal family thumbs up thumbs down <laughs> what, how, how do you feel uh so some whimsical scottish music kicks in and everybody's all scotted up and <laughs> <laughs> more like scotched up <laughs> yeah uh philip asks if it was the queen mother's idea to ship him to australia he asks her uh, specifically if it was her idea, and she says it was Tommy La Mustache's. And, you know, everybody in the world is like, fucking, of course it was. <laughs> uh, and that he should go, uh, he says, you know, and, and he's something about how he has no power in, or, or no freedom. And she says, you have more freedom than any royal consort in history, and you're rewarded by behaving like a, a resentful adolescent. It's great. Yeah. Like, I'm not always on board with the Queen Mum's agenda, mm-hmm. or like the way that she goes about what she does, but like, Jesus Christ. Christ, somebody needs to smack this asshole down. <laughs> yeah. God knows his wife isn't going to. Mm-hmm. And then Liz and A&E are just standing off to the side. It's very, it's like, sh- did we need that? <laughs> yeah, we assumed that they were there. <laughs> yeah, she's just standing there being like, I, I wonder at your reserve, there are many women going without dancers. <laughs> 
LOLOL. Group Captain Peter Townsend arrives at some airfield, essentially to the tubular bells theme for the exorcist. So clearly this is going to end well. Yeah, obviously. And he arrives at Clarence's house and sees Margaret, and they make out hard <laughs> as you can imagine yes. two persons who really want to bone down and have been prevented by the entire government from doing so uh and her skirt is just fat oh her clothes are so great mm-hmm. i wish i looked like her yeah let's be let's see a car pull up to Beham palace and it's a and e mike ladine greets him uh and e says that there is no easy way uh he tells the queen uh, that there's no easy way around the royal marriages act and that many senior members are violently opposed to the match. Bobbity would resign from government. You can't have a government without Bobbity. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Bobbity, man. Yeah. I hate him. <laughs> He's as annoying as his name is whimsical. <laughs> I mean, I think his name is also annoying. <laughs> well, right. Uh, Liz says that her intention is to support her sister. Do you think Bobbity just like lost his mind when Disney's Cinderella came out? <laughs> uh, fair question. Have to check with his authorized biography. Or just his Wikipedia page. Like, <laughs> let's not get fancy now. Uh, A&E says that the most he could do would be to put a bill of renunciation before Parliament in which Margaret would give up all her titles and income and rights and everything and have to go get married abroad and stay there. And we cut to Margaret, who says that no one, you know, they're only saying that because nobody believes she would do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that she could, you know, good time Margaret, can't live without the staff, the car, the parties, the attention, the money. And I'm like, I... You know what? I like you, but I really don't think you like what yeah. what are you gonna do? Right. Are you gonna sit around and be a fucking called a midwife, you know, <laughs> housewife? Like, no. Like I just don't see that. Yeah, yeah. You're not and she's not a Wallace Simpson type either. Right. Like I just you know, I don't see that yeah. happening, but you know, she says she's more than her title and privileges. Uh-huh. <laughs> so she'll do it and you know, Peter would prefer it. And I'm not even sure that's true. Yeah. Like Peter's life for the last 10 years or whatever has been charmed specifically because of his sort of, you know, tacit association with the royal family. Right. So it's like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, you know, Liz says that's not what she wants for Margaret and, you know, that Margaret should think about it. And this seems like it's genuinely, it's from a non-judgmental place of concern. Yeah. Like it's like yeah. Liz, Liz doesn't think that Margaret could or would live that way, but like not, not because it means and it just mm-hmm. she doesn't think that that's appropriate right and she also doesn't think that she should have to yeah you know um anyway margaret says that she represents the future and what a growing number of you know the people want and you know the government in liz's name is clinging to the past mm-hmm. and it, you know this is why old people shouldn't vote mm-hmm. like and i'm not you know i'm not being flippant about this like i just <laughs> think if you're going to die pretty soon you shouldn't get to dictate policy anymore. I understand. Um, I don't know what the answer is. This is why I have never run for office. Right. Also, I have a number of other attitudes that other people would find <laughs> abhorrent. Yeah. Well, it's a lot simpler in Schneider's stand because only I can vote. I'm fine with that, honestly. <laughs> like, I feel like you mostly have everybody's like, best interests at heart. I feel like if certain personal appeals were made to you, like... You know, you yeah. wouldn't be swayed by bribery. Yeah. You would just be swayed by a really good logical argument. Mm-hmm. So I'm, you know, I for one welcome you. <laughs> um, you know, if we're going to live in a dictatorship, 
you know, and I do have a pretty cozy relationship. With you, so <laughs> yeah, you're pretty well set up. Me. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I mean, you know, it's, it's ridiculous mm-hmm. that parliament has any say in this. Mm-hmm. Um, for a variety, and you know, and obviously this, yeah, this did not stand, right? Uh, you know, it what you know, it took another generation mm-hmm. for everybody to be like, oh, um, this seems like a really fucking toxic scenario, and it's you know, the world is so different now, right? And I mean, that's the problem when you have these people who are so set in their ways. I mean, you know, and I see it in myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm in my mid thirties, and I'm just like, oh, like I, uh, I don't care about things. Mm-hmm. You know, there are there are things happening. You know, I consider myself a member of the progressive left, and there's a bunch of shit I just don't care about. Yeah, like you know, I'll vote for it. Right, right. But right. I'm like, I don't want to. I don't want to have to think and change <laughs> anymore. I am tired. Mm-hmm. I have thought and changed enough for one lifetime. <laughs> I know that's not true. Right. But like you know. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, but these guys. You know, they're in this sort of toxic feedback loop where their, you know, their power feeds into their unwillingness to change anything, mm-hmm. even when it would make perfect sense to do so. Yeah. And that's what I think about old people voting <laughs> and being part of the government. <laughs> AARP issues blistering press release about popular podcasts. They, do, they don't even know what the internet is. Come at me, old people. <laughs> do you even know how? Some of you do. Yes. You're fine. <laughs> You're not the problem. So a car drives down the road, and then a bunch of other cars race after it. And it's funny seeing those old cars try and drive fast, because they look so... It's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, And they're really dangerous. Yeah. Like, I'm like, yeah. y'all are going to kill somebody. Yeah. Specifically Princess Diana. I know. This is so... <laughs> it's so old-timey. People didn't know stuff. I'm not even gonna sing it yeah it makes like peter morgan has i cannot believe peter morgan hasn't done a princess diana thing yeah like you know he wants to yeah but there's like some unspoken thing about you know will and harry and now it's falling to ryan murphy yeah and i bet you a million dollars it is going to be way better than anything peter morgan ever fucking did i would say yeah the the first half of it will be i disagree okay you haven't seen the people no you're right and i and i and i need to we have found the cure for ryan murphy Mm-hmm. It is, hey, you have to tell a story that adheres to history yeah. and has all, you know, and he can kind of futz with things. And, you know, yeah, yeah. some of his weird flourishes are still in there. But mm-hmm. it's like when he is constrained by a story that he cannot just fucking change. Yeah. It's great. Okay. Yeah. He's really, it's really brilliant. Yeah. No, I've, I, it's been on my list since it came out and I just haven't, haven't watched and it. Feud is great. Mm-hmm. Feud is wonderful. Uh, so yeah, so they, they pull into, a uh, an estate and it's a, it's a party. <laughs> They're having a party we can't see. <laughs> well, that the press can't see. Well, that's true. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're part of the press. Yeah. Uh, we're entertainment journalists. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually it's about ethics and royalty journalism. <laughs> It is <laughs> because old timey people didn't know stuff. I can't resist. Yeah, no. Once <laughs> it's like Roger Rabbit was shaving. I was just thinking that. <laughs> you quit reading my mind. <laughs> uh, a friend says that the press tried to bribe her butler for a photo of the two of them. <laughs> <laughs> How gauche! <laughs> this will certainly never evolve into a multi-billion-dollar industry. <laughs> Um, and that uh, will destroy the monarchy <laughs> as these people know it. <laughs> uh, and some bloke gives group captain Peter Townsend shit for causing such a stir. 
Uh, and another guy asks Margaret to dance, and Group Captain Peter Townsend says he's going to bed anyway, so go ahead. I have a lot of questions <laughs> about their relationship and Margaret's relationship to everybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I'll get into it after this next scene. So Margaret, we see her kind of tipsily doddering along in the mm-hmm. hallway in bare feet. And it's really cute. Mm-hmm. Um, she's an adorable drunk, much yes. as I'm sure I was. <laughs> uh, I wasn't. <laughs> Sometimes I was. Sometimes I was very cute. Yeah. Um, she goes into group Captain Peter Townsend's room and climbs into bed and says, everybody's still dancing. And he's like, well, what the fuck are you doing here? Um, much nicer than that. Yeah. Um, she's like, I just wanted to tell you that I love you. And you know, they kiss and are kind of cute. And she's like, oh, they're just children and I'm mad for you. And I'm like, he seems fine. Yeah. With you. He doesn't want to be down there. Yeah. He's like, I don't want to stay up late with you. You mm. have a good time. Mm-hmm. You know, cause I mean, you know, cause Margaret didn't have that party after, you know, the uh the dinner with Liz and Philip. She's right, like, we right. want to get married, and they're like, yeah, okay. Yeah, but I'm like, who? Are, like, are these guys all just banking on this relationship falling apart? Like, what are? I mean, yeah, you know, I'm sure. I'm sure there's perks regardless right, of right. the access to vagina situation. <laughs> um, but you know, it's you know, she'd be a catch for any of these fucking Oxbridge toffs. Sure. Um, I just I'm very curious, sort of, what that whole dynamic is, but we don't get to see that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and Liz is in her sitting room watching the news, and everybody just loves group captain Princess Margaret. Maybe it's because he's not an unrelenting dick. (laughs) That could be a factor. Uh, and the press is all still pressing it up, and we see A&E popping a pill, so. Liz is chatting with A&E about her childhood valve to Margaret, and he's sitting. Shouldn't he be standing up? Or maybe that was just like, oh, oh, Winston Churchill's crazy. Well, I don't think it was that Winston Churchill's crazy. I think Liz was like, if all of my prime ministers are going to be on the brink of death, perhaps I'm (laughs) going to change this rule. Uh, So Liz knows that as queen, uh, she's supposed to deny the marriage, but she's like, hey, uh, the cabinet has four divorced men who remarried, including your ass. Yeah. Uh, So use your influence to get those idiots to let my sister get married. <laughs> and he's like, um, yeah, okay, fine. But even if I convince these fucking douchebags, you're still going to have to deal with the whole church, which mm-hmm. I'd like to remind you, you are the head of. <laughs> yes. For some reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Liz sees all the bishops arriving. They're described as the four horsemen of the apocalypse. The Bishop of Barton Wells is there. Oh, okay. I was- it's actually Bath and Wells. Yeah, yeah. But I only knew it from Blackadder. So I always thought it was B-A-R-T-O-N. <laughs> like, I... Like Barton Fink, but, yeah. you know, British. No, because I, I knew it from a Monty Python sketch. There's a bishop on the landing mm-hmm. where it's a dead bishop. And it's like, oh, what diocese? Oh, it looks a bit Bath and Wells-ish to me. <laughs> um, and I, I I actually was wondering, because I had missed the names, because I was like, which four? You know, because it would be Canterbury and York or yeah. the head too, but I didn't know what would come next. Um, what comes next? <laughs> Uh, yeah, so the bishops explain that marriage is the foundation of church and family life, and there are no circumstances in which the church would permit remarriage if the spouse of the divorced person was still alive. Uh, and she was like, can I have his ex-wife killed? <laughs> Dude, churches are so bullshit. Yeah. Like, they're transparently yeah. just, you know, baby manufacturing fronts right. for the various childless clergymen. Right, and lest we forget... The founding principle of the Church of England is that the monarch can marry whoever the fuck they want to marry. It is so disheartening. Like, Henry VIII must just be spinning in his grave. (laughs) 
God only knows what all of his dead wives think. <laughs> They're like, I fucking died for this. <laughs> <laughs> Did I chop my head off for this? <laughs> yeah, and like everybody knows it's a fake religion anyway. Oh, right. It's not even real. Like, at least all of the other Protestant <laughs> denominations, you can be like, you know, they had some serious uh, moral issues that weren't just about one dude's penis. <laughs> And where that penis wanted to lodge itself. <laughs> so Philip encourages Liz to concede because uh, he's walking, watching some talking heads on TV saying, oh, you know, I think it's ridiculous. She should be allowed to pork with whoever she really <laughs> uh, And, you know, the papers are all saying, you know, uh, hey, y'all, like, yeah. yeah. Like, did we fight Hitler for this shit? <laughs> like, seriously? Mm-hmm. This is how we're spending our time now? <laughs> um Philip suggests that Liz stop being a queen for a minute and be a human being. And Liz is like, does not compute. <laughs> and I mean, she's kind of right. That's not how being no, queen and, works. And, uh, I, I, I don't know that I agree with it. But look, she's doing the job the way that she's supposed to do it. Yeah. I don't know that I think that's right, mm-hmm. but I think it's really unfair on Fatch <laughs> for everybody around her to keep being like, well, you're the queen, so be not the queen. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I don't know. Yeah. A footman comes in and says, all ready for you, your majesty, about something, which we will find out about now. <laughs> so the D.O.Dubs picks up the phone at a masked ball and says he's been expecting the call for days, hovering by the phone. He is such a fucking diva. <laughs> he really is. He just just want to shake him yeah he asks if it's about margaret and um he says that france is for the marriage and well, paris is <laughs> which is the only france that matters mm-hmm. i do like impersonating him though. <laughs> yeah he's like if draco malfoy was a real person <laughs> <laughs> which i guess makes wallace simpson like pansy parkinson or i forget i forget who the fuck married who in that fan fiction that that wrote but <laughs> Right. Today, my friend told me that she wanted to get matching friendship tattoos of the Deathly Hallows. And I was like, no. Yeah. I'm not going to. Yeah. Like, that's stupid. Yeah. Like, I like Harry Potter fine, but I don't like Harry Potter, like, tattoo it on my body. Right. That says that I am, like, an emotionally stunted person mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. Other people feel differently. Right. You know, I was a full on adult when they came out. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. If I was a kid. My bit, you know, because yeah. I have a Calvin and Hobbes tattoo, and I feel totally right. fine yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah. It's just like it does. There, and, and I'm really like a just this outlier of that cohort. Like mm-hmm. this is somebody who's just like just two years younger than me, mm, so she yeah. was still, you know, in the right age range, mm-hmm. like when they really got popular. Yeah, because yeah. I came to them late. I came to them. This is an important. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Well, you said something, you know, disparaging about Harry Potter fandom, and you you sensed danger. There, well, I don't know, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's, you didn't mean we it. We've always yeah. been of the, you know, uh, the view on this podcast that there are legitimate criticisms to make. <laughs> sure. I, I do feel that it is too important to some people <laughs> yeah. who are maybe uh, compensating for some things emotionally. Yeah. But. As as do we all in our own ways. That's between you and your God. <laughs> yes. Harry Potter. <laughs> uh, anyway, so... More like the boy who shivved. I don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah. It was the only thing I could think of that rhymed with lived. <laughs> skived? Skived off school? I always said that skived. Yeah. But skived makes more sense. Like skipped. Yeah. Are you British? 
Have you ever skived or skived <laughs> off school? If so, we want to know your pronunciation. <laughs> I think it's actually skive because I've seen it written with, you know, in the, with, you know, not in the past tense, mm-hmm. and it has an E at the end. Oh. So. Oh. <laughs> the more you know. Uh, okay, I got, gotta get back to the scene because. Yeah, 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 it's a good I, scene. Yeah. Except, I mean, it's a good, it, but it's, it's a good scene to talk about. Yeah, yeah. It's crunchy. Yeah. He says that, um, he talks about being a monarch and that they are hybrid people like a, uh, ch- he says he's like the Minotaur or something uh, else. The that, Minotaur. I knew he mispronounced something. Yeah. I was like, fuck you, Britain. Yeah. And it was like, I think it was the Yangovin or something that I'd never yeah. heard of, which I and looked I think up. Did he say that she was like a Medusa yeah. or a something? Or a something, which I also didn't know. But I, I looked up the Yangovin or whatever the hell it was, and it's a Slavic mythic creature that is a bird with the head of a woman. Uh, the Wikipedia article consists of two extremely short paragraphs, one basically saying what it is, and the second being, it was mentioned on The Crown in this episode. That with many, happening. With many, like, of the little, like, uh, original research relevance, like, you know. Why? <laughs> <laughs> um, Classics majors don't own televisions, so. <laughs> yeah. Folklore majors. <laughs> Yeah, so he tells her he knows the agony that she is feeling and is here to tell her that it will never end. And she's like, uh, thanks. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh. Yeah, and that he will always be a half-king, but he doesn't have a kingdom, and she has one, and she must protect it. So I don't know <clears throat> that this position is... He's probably... He's at a masked ball <laughs> right now. So it's like, can we trust anything to say? <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and this is, again, where I talk about this episode being so muddled, is I just didn't... Where did, like, it just didn't, I just didn't feel like where this I came mean, from. if you ignore the part where he says he's for Margaret, it makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah. If you just ignore that, um, you know, I mean, I guess the charitable reading is, you know, and this is supported, you know, we saw the agony that he felt during the coronation. Yeah. And, and sort of the aftermath of that. Yeah, that's true. And he wants to spare her that. Mm-hmm. I don't think that this is the best way to do that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he's like, well, I went all the way to this extreme. Maybe it's better for her to go all the way to the other extreme. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, none of these fucking people know what they're doing. <laughs> Even Tommy the Mustache. Like, he yeah. only thinks he knows what he's doing. So, I mean, you know, in in the sense that, I guess, like, I don't know. But, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's a direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's It's that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. A car pulls up to Beham Palace and Margaret gets out and is led to Liz's sitting room. And Margaret looks like so hopeful mm-hmm. until Liz says that this whole thing with her and group captain Peter Townsend has gone to the heart of who she, Liz, who and what she is. Mm-hmm. And Margaret's face falls like a souffle. Yeah. And uh, Liz actually sounds just like King Lane Price here because, like, Margaret tries to interrupt her. And she's like, you know, it's very difficult for me to speak in this way. Please. You mm, know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Can I finish? <laughs> Can I finish? Okay, I'm finished. <laughs> uh, so finally, Liz says that as queen, she has no choice in this matter. And Margaret can't marry Peter and remain part of the family. And Margaret is like, uh, are you defying the dumb pledge that we made to our stupid dad? <laughs> and Liz is like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's. He's dead. (laughs) 
and Margaret just looks heartbroken. And it's very different from when they've kind of yeah. been idiots. You know, there's no anger even. It's just very sad. Mm-hmm. And Liz, well, okay, it's, I lied. There's some anger right here. Well, Liz asks Margaret if she'll forgive her. And Margaret's like, uh, would you forgive anyone who denied you Philip? And Liz is like, um, it's not the same. Um, not violating the scriptures or offending the church, which is like accurate, but kind of a false dichotomy. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, none of that would matter if you weren't the queen. Right. So, you know, it's, it's not exactly, but you know, emotions aren't really Liz's thing. Yeah. Admittedly. That is true. So Liz is like, Hey, you know, you'll love other people. And I'm like, this is not the time yeah. to say that. Yeah. And Margaret's like, no, never. He's the only one. And, uh, you know, he's the only one who knows how to help her not be unhinged and hold her together. And I believe that. Like, you know. No, and this, that little bit was a really nice, uh, you know, speech and performance. And she says, you know, you don't want to know what it's like to be flailing around and, Mm -hmm. you know, and just. Well, her point is you do know. She's like, you know, you don't know what it's like for me. But she's like, you need somebody to steady you. Mm -hmm. And that's who he is for me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Margaret needs, you know, I fully believe that she needs that. Yeah. Um, Yeah just by virtue of what we've seen about who she is. Mm-hmm. And Liz is just like, ah. Yeah. And then this is something else I wanted to bring up that, that bothered me about this episode. And because it really seems like she was totally on board with pushing for it until the bishops told her that she couldn't. Mm-hmm. But we have no sense at all of her religious feelings and beliefs. We haven't, we only saw the DO dubs with them. We never saw her with the bishops. Yeah. And, but just, just on a personal level. And this is, I think, this is a problem, I think, in art all the time because artists are disproportionately atheist because artists think about alternate realities and question things mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. And it makes it hard, you know, it, it makes it hard for them to have faith mm-hmm. because, of, you know, and that's just sort of a coincidental overlap. But most people aren't artists and most people do have faith. And it's, is a real presence in their life and it influences their decision making. And it's so rare to see that actually portrayed on screen. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think the, the, the events of the episode imply that Liz was like, you know what? I can't, you know, this is, this is, I, I can betray Margaret uh-huh. for God. I have this duty to God that or I have. Or even, if not God, a duty to the people, like, if she doesn't have that same personal faith, like, she represents that faith to all these people, but right. she doesn't go into it. Right. And so I just, that was really frustrating to me, that why... Why and would the bishops that's have a di- something that I see in British media all the time? Mm-hmm. There is this sort of there's something about the Church of England that seems very secular. So when it's invoked in this way, mm-hmm. it feels disingenuous to me. Mm-hmm. And if other people have examples of like a really good examination of, you know, faith in the Church of England, I would love Mm-hmm. to watch that because yeah. i find that kind of stuff fascinating mm-hmm. but you know it it feels like it's just this trump card that they pull out mm-hmm. without anybody really being committed to it yeah because it's like you know we're being told over and over, oh these people are objecting on religious grounds mm-hmm. but like i don't i don't see any you know the whole issue is this religious thing but it's like nobody really had a problem with them having sex out of wedlock right the queen mom had no problem with that yeah yeah and i mean you're kind of hanging this whole conflict on the church even though you essentially gave your permission for all those years so it's just you know yeah don't meddle in other people's lives people yeah don't do it Mm -hmm. a group captain peter townsend goes into margaret's library which might be the same library from the beginning 
Because yeah. didn't he make Clarence House his residence or something like that? Or oh yeah, I, I don't look. I'm 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 just I'm reading too much into everything now. <laughs> sure. So. Um. Yeah. So he sees that she is so sad and understands what has happened, and he is also sad. Uh, Margaret says that she will never forgive Liz and she will never marry anyone else. Because old timey people didn't know stuff. <laughs> they really didn't. That's true. We don't know stuff. Yeah. Someday we'll be the old timey people. That's right. That no one sings that song about <laughs> because who's going to remember? <laughs> so we see group captain Peter Townsend writing at his desk. That's going to be the national anthem of Schneider's stand. <laughs> Actually, that's not a bad national anthem. Yeah. Short like, to the point. <laughs> we literally, like, that is literally humanity's downfall. It's like, oh, we just don't remember. <laughs> we are not clever girls. Uh, so then group captain Peter Townsend makes a statement to the press that he and Margaret, knowing her devotion to the church, <laughs> have decided not to marry. And everybody's listening by radio. And Philip is watching the news and is cranky about that. And then uh, group captain Peter Townsend flies back to Brussels. Yeah. And this ah, is, Brussels. Yeah. And this is actually another thing, an alternative that nobody considered or mentioned is that they could have just said, uh, you know, my sister wishes to divorce or to marry group captain Peter Townsend. Uh, I would like for that to happen, but I'm bound by the will of parliament. And uh, so, you know, if and when parliament, you know, and just make that public, that's it. As far as I'm concerned, they're engaged and will be until such time as Parliament gives mm-hmm. them permission. And then, you know, there's going to be another election at some point. You know, the, it's a very conservative government right mm-hmm. now. This, you know, the pendulum will swing. It seems to be very popular. But they're not, you know, for some reason, nobody has any foresight. Yeah. Like, nobody is ever looking ahead here. Yeah. And, I mean, I guess the thing is that she can't, like... She like, can't tacitly, like... Right. Condone it's, it. Well, and it's well, it's more that she would be sort of like interfering with Parliament. But I just feel like when it's the laws that are directly about her, she should be allowed to like have a say on them. Mm-hmm. But anyway, whatever. You know, uh, old timey people didn't know stuff, and new timey people weren't there. Yeah, <laughs> good point. The only real disappointment I have with this plot line is I feel like uh, throughout the whole series, Group Captain Peter Townsend kind of gets short shrift. Yeah. I really like him. I like the glimpses of his character that we do get. Yeah. But again, you know, we just don't get a sense of him being uh, an emotional actor in this. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's all very reactionary. And, you know, yeah. I think, you know, he's certainly of a generation where being emotional wasn't right. and a big I think, part of it. You know, I think that's their dynamic is yeah. she has all the emotions and he is the steady one. So. Yeah. And I mean, and that's totally fine. Um, but, you know, I just I didn't yeah. get a sense of him having as much of a stake in it in this but you know yeah. whatever yeah um, i think they did really brilliant work with the material that they were given yeah. i think there's just a really great arc to this relationship yeah. so yeah um uh so somebody uh somebody is saying i think on the news that a and e tried to call nasser mm-hmm. but he a and e refused to speak arabic and nasser didn't have a translator so he feels very offended and so Liz is being dressed and made up for a photo shoot. Um, and Philip is clearing his throat and saying, you know, oh, I'm off to meet the president of the Olympic Committee. And he is actually, after being like, oh, I don't want to be gone for weeks, he's like, I'm going to leave for five months. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, everybody's right. I need to settle into my priorities and the role in the marriage. And Liz is like, uh, that's not what I meant. <laughs> um, but I don't, like, I yeah. can't really, I can't be mad 
in this particular instance, I can't really be too mad at either one of them because mm-hmm. I feel like they've both made big mistakes yeah, yeah. in how they've decided to communicate about and deal with the problems in their marriage. Yeah. Um, you know, he's, he's very depressed and, you know, Liz like, she's trying to put a bright spin on it and he's like, don't dress up betrayal as a favor. Mm-hmm. And I think betrayal is a bit, uh, yeah, I don't, extreme. Yeah. I don't think But that's... you know, okay. To be fair, you know, don't dress up trying to make me change as this huge favor to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, he says that and then there's like an awkward pause for, for like three seconds yeah. and then he's like, well, gotta go. Yeah, Can't and stand around chatting. Yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was. Yeah. And you know, I'm never on this guy's side, but woof. <laughs> um, Liz kind of tries to go after him and asks if he'll be back late, but he kind of, he just doesn't answer and he keeps, he keeps going. Yeah. And, uh, Liz sits on a chair as various crowns are carted in in case we missed the symbolism <laughs> of the credits. And we see A&E watching newsreel footage of Nasser whipping up anti-British sentiment. Mm-hmm. Group Captain Peter Townsend uh, returns to his Brussels apartment while Margaret tries and fails to have fun in a bar with friends. Yeah. And I'm like, what bar are you? Like, <laughs> you know, because it seems like a pretty normal pub. I'm like, yeah. where the fuck are you? It's yeah. fun. <laughs> uh, Group Captain Peter We're Townsend. <laughs> Group Captain Theodore Townsend looks at his photo of Margaret and he either smiles or cries or both. He smizes. <laughs> Smizing is smiling with your eyes. <laughs> I know. Doesn't involve tears. <laughs> you can kiss my fat ass. <laughs> so A&E injects himself with something and the film jumps and I'm not clear if the film is actually jumping or if he's yeah. hallucinating. And then Philip drives away as Liz's crown is set on her head. In case we didn't get the symbolism of the crowns being carted in. <laughs> Cecil is photographing her and suggesting that she stand up to look more regal. Uh, then we see A&E uh, slumped over a table. Looks dead to me. Yeah. Looks very dead. Yeah. Uh, and the, protect- the projector smokes and the film warps and melts and death. This seems like a death montage. Right. And that's, I just take a moment to just, what the fuck? What the fuck is what I want to say about because that? Because he's not dead. He's not dead. I thought he was dead, yeah. and then I find out he is not dead, and yeah. he didn't die until 1976. Yeah. So fuck you, Peter Morgan. Yeah. Like old time, like new timey people weren't there, but we have Wikipedia now. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Cecil is droning on and on, saying, "Oh, all hail sage lady whom a grateful isle has blessed." Uh, you know, no more Elizabeth Windsor. There is only Elizabeth Regina, mm-hmm. you know, fulfilling what, uh, Mary of Tech said right, all those right. episodes ago. And, you know, we get this sort of unsettling close up on Liz where it's like, oh shit, she's done with people. Yeah. Like she's, she's never going to, um, not never be emotional, but you know, yeah. she's, she's never going to put her personal feelings ahead of the crown anymore yeah. for better or for worse and by the way goddamn Claire Foy mm-hmm. like like she she goes through this whole thing with like you can barely detect any change in her mm-hmm. expression and yet like she like transforms yep. it's like whew, man she's gr- look I mean th- this show is great to yeah. watch Claire Foy yeah and wish it was six episodes yeah but uh yeah so that was you know I think we really warmed up to it yeah by the yeah, end definitely um I'm definitely curious about the next season. I think the next season will be better. Yeah. I think it'll be tighter. I think that's a reasonable Matthew belief. Good will be there, and we all know how I feel about him. Yes, we do. Uh, yeah, so I I am curious if Philip is going to stop being a dick. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I looked up, and I forget if we talked about this in the last episode, about, you know, whether or not Philip cheated on Oh, right, right. Her. And, yeah. 
<laughs> All right. People are notoriously closed-lipped on it. Yeah. Um, I think this show is definitely taking the hypothesis that he did. Yeah. I mean, you know, and he he would have certainly fucked around before they actually got well, together. Well, sure, yeah. Um, In the Navy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't know what you've heard about the Navy. <laughs> or that uh, that musical number in Hail Caesar. Oh, I was thinking about the one in Family Guy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Uh, the Navy's real gay. That's what we're saying. Yeah. Uh, Rum, sodomy, and the lash. Ah, I'm very upset now. Yeah. Well, well was- what a what a what a <laughs> note to end on. Yeah, wow. Sorry. Uh yeah, so keep an eye out for uh our mailbag fun dust up uh and other That's stuff. Right. And uh the results are in. Uh-huh. Uh so it looks like uh it'll be Call the Midwife, Wolf Hall, and Poldark. Okay. So I don't know anything about y'all have been talking about Poldark forever and I right. do not like apparently there's hot dudes. Okay. Um I don't know anything else about it. I believe I've seen a promo for it on PBS once. I believe you. <laughs> um we don't know what we're gonna do about Call the Midwife, incidentally. There's right. a lot of seasons of that. And guys, we just can't cry that much. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Like we just we can't. Yeah. So I think we're two seasons behind. That I I have no idea but that's plausible. We'll we'll keep you posted <laughs> yeah. as events develop. We'll definitely do Olive Oak Hall, because that's one season. Right. And Tom especially it's, fucking loves it. It's like my... How many times have you watched it now? I mean, I can't even tell you. Like, I just... You just put it on. I'll just put it on and just be like, this is so good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and fun fact, I think we may have said this before, but Ben Miles, who plays group captain Peter Townsend in this, played uh, Cromwell in the stage version of Wolf Hall, which lasts like six hours or something. Uh-huh. You Brits yeah. love to do a production of theater that's an all-day affair. And I... <laughs> Cannot think why, but uh, good on you. Yeah. You know? I mean, you know, I'd go, but... <laughs> well, you're, you've are you always been much more British than me. That, that's true. <laughs> it's part of your nature. Yeah. I blame W and Shakespeare, W Shakespeare and Co., the youth Shakespeare company that I spent my childhood in. I also in. blame them. Yeah. <laughs> Great. As long as we're all agreed. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, until next time... Up, up yours downstairs. downstairs. Luncheon out. <laughs>